Thank you for joining us on More Than That, a podcast where we dive a little bit deeper into what was preached on Sunday morning. We hope that this is enriching to your walk with Christ and that you love God and people that much more so that we can extend the glory of God to the people he has placed in our lives. So we'd buckle up and enjoy the conversation. Hey, City Church, welcome back to More Than That. This week, um, Earl had a daunting task of finishing out the book of Acts. Now, it was chapters 13 through 28, which is monumental, um, but luckily we kind of honed in on a couple verses. Um, so, Earl, if you had um, an extra, you know, couple minutes to dive into something a little bit different or maybe um, go a little bit deeper into something that you just, you know, sermon prep. We were talking kind of beforehand, you you, you know, it, it's definitely a battle to do sermon prep and sometimes things get, you know, tossed out because of time or it just doesn't fit, you know, what you're trying to get across. Yeah. Um, so was there anything that you, you know, just had to toss out? Um, yeah, preaching is certainly quite um, an interesting experience, uh, just uh, mentally, spiritually preparing for it. And honestly, for me, it always seems to be the week of uh, my preaching assignment that I that I get my breakthrough, and I mm-hmm. and I really feel the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and the focus comes to me. And then I'm like, well, how can I? I got to make sure I keep it at 45 minutes now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just took uh, kind of a long introduction, but I always seem to think about the Scripture in the, ta- in the context of the Old Testament. So in regards to the book of Acts, which is the uh, establishment of the church, it's really the context of God calling Abraham a man and promising to make a great nation out of him and through him all nations would be blessed uh, and then of course Jacob who became Israel the father of the 12 tribes of Israel that became God's chosen people and how God desired to <clears throat> you know uh, display his glory to the nations through them but they failed miserably you know and it's just a great uh, a reminder for us as God's people that the whole Old Testament really is just the the backdrop, the preparation leading up to Christ and the establishment of the church, mm-hmm. and really just the gospel, you know, through Abraham, of God wanting to bless all the nations, and even through Solomon building the temple, it was to be a house of prayer for all nations, mm-hmm. you know, not just the Jews. Uh, and so, yeah, um, yeah. I just always, always kind of find it necessary to kind of give people that big picture because it is important to look at the Bible as one, one story that mm-hmm. God has written for us from the Old Testament to the New <coughs> Testament. So, yeah, um, yeah. So, in the Book of Acts is just a powerful book of the demonstration of the Holy Spirit coming upon the apostles as they were waiting in the upper room they were praying and really not knowing what to expect i mean mm-hmm. there was 
quite a quite a um, challenging time for the apostles, obviously. Yeah. But really, the the difference was the Holy Spirit at Pentecost came upon them, and they were transformed. Men, uh, Peter became the bold um, voice of the apostles uh, mm-hmm. to preach to the crowds, and the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in every language of the people that were there at mm-hmm. the time. And so the Holy Spirit really presents the power of God, the presence of God to provide the gifting and the ability to communicate and to do miracles and demonstrate the power of God mm-hmm. um, in throughout the whole book. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so my actual text was uh, Acts 13, verse 3. Um, and it's uh, in the context of the church at Antioch is where they were first called Christians. But it says they were worshiping the Lord uh, and fasting, uh, and the Holy Spirit spoke. So we don't know if it was an audible voice. It doesn't tell us that. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah. always raises a lot of questions. But it says the Holy Spirit said, separate Paul and Barnabas. Uh, for the work that I have for them, which was to commission them to go to the Gentiles. So so it becomes quite clear to me that um, um, uh, the Holy Spirit really is the actual presence of God, the voice of God, the mm-hmm. power of God in our lives. Uh, in the context of worshiping and praying and fasting, it seems those... Those things really kind of all go together. <coughs> yeah, um, went together in the lives of the apostles in the early church. So, but the topic was, you know, the church multiplied, um, <clears throat> and um, so I actually had, you know, five areas that the church was multiplied through, and it was, it was, it was kind of a uh, from chapter twelve through the end of the book, really. Uh, but um, Jesus said go into all the world and make disciples and it really the primary way really was to <coughs> preach to preach the good news of mm-hmm. Christ yeah. life, his death, his resurrection uh, and to receive forgiveness of sins in Jesus name and 3,000 were saved in one day at Pentecost, you know, so <laughs> yeah. suddenly the church had this exponential multiplication through Peter's preaching, through the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, so um, <clears throat> I'm not sure what I would really add to all of that other than um, I just think uh, what the one thing that I think the Spirit of God really honed in for me was seeing the reality of the need for worship, Mm -hmm. uh, prayer, and fasting. Uh, Personally, uh, we as Christians need to really commit to those spiritual disciplines, Mm -hmm. because the disciple is a disciplined learner, one who is able to discipline themselves. Mm -hmm. And those are the primary ways that we really I think hear the voice of God. We experience the presence of God, whether it's personally or corporately. Yep. Um, um, I found it interesting, even, even um, I think through this time of prayer and fasting again in January, 
Um, I felt like it was a, a reset time for me. Oh, just yeah. feeling more of the presence of God and the and the work of the Spirit and just mm-hmm. speaking yeah. to me and, and even through this message, you know, but Yeah. I can I can agree with that. Yeah. Me as well. Yeah. Yeah. So because honestly, you know, to personally discipline yourself to worship, to read the word and to fast, those those can be hard disciplines because mm-hmm. you really have to say no to the flesh. You really, it's really what you're doing. Yeah, which that you know, is I need so to, hard. I need to worship God. Um, I need to fast, but I want to eat. I want to enjoy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's really choosing to uh, bring the even the desire to eat good food that we need to sustain us, but mm-hmm. to refrain from food or certain foods for a time. Yeah. And I did some of that in January. Yeah. Um, and I felt like, I felt the reward of that, even like, wow, it didn't bother me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, <coughs> I almost always have some Walmart cakes or Wise cookies, and it's my <laughs> morning snack. Yeah. You know, between yeah. a small breakfast of a bagel or toast and yeah. coffee until lunchtime. And so I committed to not eat those this month. <laughs> and I realized, yeah. wow, I really didn't even miss them. Until oh, I walked wow. by them at Walmart one day and I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> and you just feel I can it. Say you, no. you feel the gravity. <laughs> they have this like gravitational pull well, and they're just pulling like, you back. It's been so much a part of uh, a yeah. habit of mine. So, but it really, I think f- for me, that's probably an area that I would really hone in on again and say, you know, if we truly want to experience God mm-hmm. uh, in our lives personally, hear his voice, because he wants to speak to us and give us mm-hmm. direction. Yeah. Yeah, you know, bring the scriptures to life to us for our situations, and in the corporate life of the church, um, as we commit to do those things together, I think uh, God just like multiplies His presence among us as we, the more we unify together to do those things. Yeah, yeah. So the cool part about us doing. The 21 days of prayer yeah. and fasting mm-hmm. is I've seen so many other churches do exactly that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if <clears throat> like in our it, like in our area, there was another a couple other churches that were doing yeah. it. And then one of our our I don't know if you'd call it a sister church or church friend, mm-hmm. um, but Stonegate, who we're very yeah. familiar with and we're really good sure. friends with in, in, yeah. in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, they also started doing it. And mm-hmm. I'd, again. Yeah. I don't I try not to pay attention like to social media sometimes it, it grabs my attention for a mm-hmm. few hours at mm-hmm. a at, like at a time which is kind of yeah. sad but um I saw that they were doing I was like oh this is really cool like mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm glad to see that churches are kind of rallying around mm-hmm. this <clears throat> this central aspect of what has I mean in the in the last couple decades it seems like prayer has just kind of dropped off mm. um for for whatever reason i don't yeah. know if it's the culture or yeah. if it's um it just wasn't a focus of the mm. church yeah. but regardless it's cool to see that mm-hmm. churches are just kind of yeah. rallying around this yeah. Yeah, um, but one of the things that <clears throat> as you were talking and peter was as he was preaching mm-hmm. in in acts at the beginning um mm-hmm. and how everybody was able to hear 
in their own tongue and I've mm-hmm. always wondered how that happened. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, well, it's like the exact opposite of the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 yeah, where everybody right. like <clears throat> split off into mm-hmm. into groups yeah. based on languages and, mm-hmm. and ethnicities uh, or ethnic locations and right. things like that. Now we see a convergence, yeah. um, which is really cool because you brought up unity. And that's mm. a perfect example mm-hmm. of unity that yeah. unity within diversity mm-hmm. that that we always talk about here. Um, yeah, that's a great point. Really, that day, mm-hmm. God, the Holy Spirit, really <clears throat> brought one voice together. Yeah, through you know, as a reversal of of all the languages mm-hmm. in the Tower of Babel. Yeah, yeah. that's good. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. So. Since this is kind of the well, the, it was the last sermon in the yeah. in the series, um, and you've been here since before the beginning of the replanting of City Church. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what has it looked like um, from a from the perspective of prayer? Um, what does it look like for you as an elder at City mm-hmm. Church from uh, before Raphael came till mm-hmm. like now? Has mm-hmm. it? Has that been a part of your prayer to see City Church grow in numbers? Um, or has it been more, or kind of a both and, like, numbers and in um, depth of discipleship? Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen it peak at about 125-plus in numbers mm-hmm. here, and then I've seen it drop down to about 9, and mm-hmm. now we're back up to 150-plus, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> the yeah. numbers are very exciting and <laughs> yeah. encouraging when I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, the room is about full. Yeah. You know, so obviously that's exciting. And um, I would say, though, from the time we came, prayer has always been a strong uh, emphasis here. Hmm. You know, we've always had like a designated person in charge of prayer, leading prayer, like Sister Nessie Whaley. Mm-hmm. She was just the lady to lead us in prayer. Mm-hmm. It was her ministry, her focus, her strength here. And and uh, so there's been always a strong emphasis on prayer, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes the fasting. Um, and along with that, you know, we've seen different aspects of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, prophetic ministry, words of encouragement to build the body up. In fact, mm-hmm. there was a uh, strong emphasis on on being open to that in the Sunday morning service. Mm-hmm. You know, word of prophecy, word of knowledge for the body of Christ. Um, and it was always to be, um, like, directed and approved through the pastoral team, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't okay. just a free-for-all. So <laughs> It wasn't was, just, like, stand up and shout it out type thing. No. No, there was, <coughs> I would say there was good order to it. But okay. it was, in, in looking back, I think... Um, the the danger happens when we put too much emphasis on say some of the gifts uh instead of really challenging people to go deep in studying the word of god Mm -hmm. being disciplined in reading and studying the word of god yeah uh personally and being discipled so what i what we have seen which is i think become the strength of city church it's the own purpose one-on-one discipleship that is happening mm-hmm. i've mm-hmm. seen it happen happening organically mm-hmm. and now we're seeing it in a very <coughs> real organized way through mm-hmm. the men and the women's ministry 
that to me I think has really become one of the 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 strengths and the the good change that we've seen happen mm-hmm. but along with that is just I think there's there's a much stronger emphasis consistency on preaching the gospel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. message um and um preaching um expository instead of just mm-hmm. pick a subject and go with that <laughs> yeah make it fit, you know yeah so make the bible there's, fit there's with you places yeah. for that you know so that was more of the uh uh, emphasis in the past, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I would say our our strength has become preaching the gospel message of Jesus Christ, which the apostles were commanded to do. Mm-hmm. You know, for repentance of sin and mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, baptism, um, uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit really is the promise that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. Peter said, "If you repent and be baptized, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." So. Mm-hmm. We may not seem to emphasize that so much now, or the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but I would, I still long for more of that because it's it's all a part of what we've been given, and to desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit for <coughs> for the encouragement and the building up of the body, you know. So, and that's another whole sermon <laughs> series. Oh yeah, subject it is. In yeah. Itself, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so I'm not going to get off on that, but yeah. It, Paul said we should desire these oh gifts. yeah 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 and, and that doesn't um, so there's there's t- I mean there's two like major camps within within that you have your cessationist that you know once mm-hmm. the last apostle uh, passed away and mm-hmm. went to be with the Lord um, mm-hmm. that the spiritual gifts that we see in the book of Acts um, and kind of all throughout the New Testament mm-hmm. just they're gone. It's just the age of the apostles is done. So therefore, mm-hmm. the the spiritual gifts like healing or prophecy or whatever mm-hmm. are done as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and the cool part about City Church is we have this really nice, what seems like mesh of both. It's like mm-hmm. we're not gonna. That's not a hair splitting, you know, mm-hmm. topic that we're gonna that we're gonna be like. No, we are. We're a continuationist church, which is that mm-hmm. the the exact opposite of cessation, that mm-hmm. the gifts are continuing today. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. have, but we're not a cessationist church. Like, we're just kind of both. Um, or we're not choosing to pick a side because it's not made clear in Scripture as to whether or not the gifts have ceased or they are continuing. It's just not a topic that's really addressed. <clears throat> yeah, that's um, <clears throat> that could be... Uh lengthy topic uh, <laughs> yeah sermon series for another time but mm-hmm. what what I would say to all that is in my reading of testimonies of men who have who have been on both sides mm-hmm. when they were faced with the reality of their experience mm-hmm. of the gifts they couldn't deny the reality of them mm-hmm. oh today. yeah today yeah you know what I'm saying yeah and, and for my own experience I would say yeah yes, yeah the Holy spirit still works in those ways so yeah um the one thing that i did mention about that when i was talking about the church is multiplied through the presence and the power of the holy spirit i just simply stated what what happened under the apostles ministry mm-hmm. um and um the one thing that i said was um what i believe is that we i, I believe that the 
the Holy Spirit still desires to demonstrate the power of God through the gifts, mm -hmm. that they're still available for us today. If we desire them, seek them in humility to be done for the good of the whole body, for the glory of God. But we can't put the Holy Spirit in a box and say, well, this is the way he will demonstrate himself mm -hmm. or or what's or even like or, command or say, it. oh well this is the yeah. holy spirit or it's not so yeah the holy spirit yeah. has a prerogative to decide when and how he will demonstrate mm -hmm. uh his power yeah when how it when yeah. and it and if yeah. like it yeah. you know whatever yeah. is going like you keep you keep mentioning what's ever edifying to the body yeah um because mm -hmm. then there are a lot of there are a lot of, of people out there that believe that they can kind of control the spirit and that they can yeah. be like, well, I'm, we're going to teach you how to unlock the gifts mm -hmm. of like healing or prophecy or mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, that's scripturally, that's not, that's not founded. That's not ground. That's not grounded in scripture. We're, we're told that the gifts that we're given are unique to us that, you know, the, the same, the gifts that you have are, are the gifts that, that I have, mm -hmm. um, because right. we're two different people. We're, t we yeah. have two different lives and contexts yeah. that we live in. Mm -hmm. And if we say that all of the gifts are available to everybody, then that kind of, it kind of whitewashes the, the body and it, yeah. it becomes really, in my opinion, boring because it, everybody looks the same. Everybody's doing the same thing. We all think, yeah. act, and do things in the same way what you don't want to do is cause people to feel guilty for why can't, why can't i speak in tongues or yeah why can't i why don't i have the gift of healing you know yeah so yeah yeah it says christ gave gifts as he chose you know mm -hmm. um so we need to allow the holy spirit to yeah choose how and when he mm -hmm. will demonstrate himself yeah um yeah. and one so one of the things that um that I noticed as you were talking, but every time that I hear the word argue, my ears perk up. Mm. Um, oh, but yeah. you, you know, with me being yeah. in, into apologetics mm -hmm. and doing yeah. that on the college campus, mm -hmm. um, you mentioned specifically that Paul was no stranger to arguing yeah. with people. Um, so whenever you were studying that, um, that part of Acts, mm -hmm. um, what, what were you, what did the, the text reveal to you as to what, that entailed like what did did was there anything specific that was like hey this is the type of argument that paul would have done um because a lot of people <clears throat> in my experience um that grew up in the church because i was there mm -hmm. i was one of them yeah. that you know all you needed to do in order to um tell people about jesus is to just kind of like i think of first corinthians 15 the first couple verses there um usually it's three through eight where it's just it's a good packaging of the gospel um it includes the resurrection and includes what what's going to happen to us and what the, what mm -hmm. jesus did and the atonement and everything um and that that's all you needed to do to argue with somebody you mm -hmm. just need to keep presenting mm -hmm. the gospel to them and do, that's all you got to do mm -hmm. and then i got into apologetics and i was like that's n <laughs> that's not all what mm, what yeah. evangelism and argumentation for the gospel looks yeah. like. So, mm -hmm. was there anything that the text told you about what Paul was doing in Tyr Tyrannus? Yeah, it's from uh, 
Acts 19. Mm-hmm. No, it just stood out to me as another aspect of the Holy Spirit that that the Holy Spirit gave Paul boldness to argue in in the sense of being able to articulate the foundations of the gospel, mm-hmm. the gospel message, mm-hmm. according to the scriptures, the Old Testament, obviously, at that point, and now through Christ, with people who were intellectual. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't relate to that because I don't look at myself as an intellectual. <laughs> you know, I'm just a common, uneducated man. But if the need arises, the Holy Spirit can give us boldness to to speak in a way that maybe we wouldn't normally be able to mm-hmm. just because it's the power and the presence of God in us. So, yeah. But Paul was an intellectual man. He was very so, well educated. Yeah, so um, I think the Holy Spirit being on Paul mm-hmm. with his level of intellect and education, the combination of those two really allowed Paul to be able to argue persuasively with mm-hmm. people who were highly intelligent. Yeah, and yeah. we're used to arguing, and <laughs> and that yeah. probably uh, brought some to conversion mm-hmm. because oh, they yeah. became convinced. Yeah, because they process things with their minds and their intellect, mm-hmm. you know, more than say maybe their emotions. So, yeah. But then the fact that for two years he did daily discussions in the mm-hmm. lecture hall, I'm like, <laughs> that guy was amazing, intellectual. <laughs> I mean, to me that speaking, sounds like a dream come it, true. It, you know, so <laughs> for me I'm like. I, no, I could never do that, you know. So, yeah. yeah. So it just to me it just demonstrates another aspect of how the Holy Spirit can use us and wants to use us in every facet of society, to every mm-hmm. people group, <clears throat> present the gospel at their level of intellect, yeah, and understanding, yeah, um, yeah, so, and, of God. And that's so as you know, I I do ministry at the college campus. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that I always try to, if the topic ever arises, try to you know, talk to the students and, or maybe even the professors or whoever mm-hmm. I'm, you know, you know, doing, doing ministry mm-hmm. with there. It's like, Hey, meet the person where they're at. Right. Um, cause one of the things that Christians are known for, which isn't, isn't really a good, it's kind of, you know, infamous, mm-hmm. but you know, we, we like to basically beat people down with the Bible, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. rather than, you know, emulating Jesus and, getting down and sitting mm-hmm. with them, eating a meal, mm-hmm. and just hearing them out, yeah. listen to them, talk to them, don't talk at them, don't talk down to them, and really meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what Paul was doing there. Yeah. He was meeting these intellectuals mm-hmm. where they were at, mm-hmm. using the, the same language that they were using mm-hmm. to talk about the things of, of the gospel. Um, mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if <clears throat> he even used religious language Mm -hmm. um because like one of the things at least in our current culture is we're so adverse we kind of like balk at the idea of religious language Mm -hmm. so i mean it still gives me chills like it sends chills down my spine every time Mm -hmm. i hear certain phrases um (laughs) but yeah that's because it's they're usually those phrases and that language is almost meant for a specific group yeah. Um, right. Like we can say something here in church, like um, the power of the Holy Spirit or um, the will of God or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Yeah. 
and we mean a very specific thing mm-hmm. that to anybody else that they're that's walking in they're not going to understand yeah. what that is yeah. mm-hmm. um so it makes me wonder then if you know what what that would look like if the church were to translate that that language once we exit the church mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. go out and we start talking with people yeah. um because we regardless of whether or not you think that we are um supposed to be professional apologists or mm-hmm. anything like that mm-hmm. we're all still called to make a defense for the faith that we have yeah, and that's first peter 3:15 yeah. mm-hmm. um and it's really it's exciting to see that for me as as the apologist as something that i love yeah. um to mm-hmm. see that the culture is starting to gravitate towards but at the same time it's really scary because if we don't as a church yeah train our people to to be like paul who was being mm-hmm. like christ mm-hmm. um then, you know, we're, yeah. we're kind of failing there. Um, cause the cool part about Paul and Christ, Paul was highly educated. He was a Pharisee. He was, I'd say mm-hmm. probably part of the upper class whenever he was yeah. in, whenever he was a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus was a part of the lowest, almost the lowest of the low as yeah. a carpenter. Yeah. So you're, you're literally spanning yeah. the entirety of culture yeah. with just two people. And it's really mm-hmm. cool to see like that happen. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just I just thought of um, a quote just now that says, uh, a man with an experience is not at the mercy of a man with an argument. And I think about that for myself because I don't see myself as one who's intellectual or able to argue well in the sense of really articulating mm-hmm. well, um, you know, say with someone who's intellectual. But when I know I've experienced mm. the Holy oh, Spirit, yeah, yeah. the presence of God, even the voice of God speaking to me, I'm like, okay, maybe I can't argue with you as well or don't have as much of the Scripture memorized as you do. But mm-hmm. I know by the Holy Spirit, by personal experience, <laughs> this is true, you yeah. know, about yeah. God. So, yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's one of the things that intellectual people fall that that's a trap they fall into mm-hmm. is they have to rationalize everything yeah, yeah. and we especially if it's not um to use some scientific language yeah. objectively testable yeah. mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. you know we can't verify i can't verify what you've experienced yeah. only you can do yeah. that you have to tell me what it is yeah. mm-hmm. and if we discount that i think we're discounting mm-hmm so much of the Christian yeah. experience because it's it's a both a heart and mind mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. type of, of faith where yeah. if we're not if we're not open to it then you know we're missing yeah. we're kind of neglecting a part of Christ mm-hmm. I think there's 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 the reality though that just plain intellectual arguing cannot convince someone of the gospel it's only the power of the Holy Spirit I believe through our prayers for people <coughs> that God speaks to them and their mm. spirit begins to break down the pride of their intellect. Because I, I mean, I remember for myself, uh, you know, city church in the past, there was a lot of emphasis on, on seeking the gifts of the Holy Spirit, particularly, you know, the gift of tongues, your personal mm-hmm. prayer language, that kind of thing. And it was it was frustrating and and kind of agitating, but what I came to 
realize was that even just to receive the Holy Spirit by faith, um, just like salvation, but there's something about receiving the Holy Spirit by faith and even the gifts that he would want to give to you, you have to allow your mind to be offended because you cannot... Mm -hmm. You can't rationalize and explain spirit because you <laughs> yeah. can't see spirit. Yeah. You can't say, oh, this is the spirit of God and hold him in your hands. You you can't. And so, so in, I think in some respects, people mm -hmm. that are very intellectual have a harder time oh, yeah. coming yeah. into the kingdom and receiving something by faith because they need to rationalize it. And so... That's why we need to pray. Mm -hmm. and sometimes even yeah. fast for those yeah, yeah. people who yeah. who uh, actually their minds need to be offended. Yeah, none to be able to yeah. receive Agreed. and believe something by faith that mm -hmm. they can't <coughs> explain. Yeah, yeah, and that <laughs> so. doesn't mean that there's a lack of evidence for that faith. Right. Um, that it's not. It's not just a. <coughs> um, there's a a phrase that we like to say or like to toss around within the church a leap of faith a blind leap of mm -hmm. faith that doesn't yeah. just because somebody needs to take a step of faith mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's blind right um yeah. it's it could be very well based on some intellectual arguments yeah. but there's there's yeah. a level of trust Absolutely. that you know yeah. you know we're both married mm -hmm. cool part about you know you brought up discipleship our wives mm -hmm. are discipleship partners yeah um and i know my wife looks very much forward mm. to <laughs> to That's meeting with yours here, yeah. um but there's there's a level of um trust mm. that you yeah. know we need to exercise mm -hmm. and you most of the time trust is based on something that happened in reality yeah um yeah so yeah no i, I but i definitely agree like those that are highly intellectual and they, they put so much weight mm -hmm. on intellectual versus rather than experience mm -hmm. or they just kind of overload it yeah. it just it does get more difficult yeah um but yeah i don't want to i don't yeah. want to belabor um so too many points and go like yeah. super far but because i know um, you do need to get back to work um yeah I, um did you have any closing thoughts note that i hand wrote which i didn't mention was because when i was talking about church multiplying through opposition and persecution um i mean it was a reality and it was like this cycle that paul and barnabas would go through they would go and preach boldly and there was always people to oppose them to the point of being arrested being imprisoned mm -hmm. being yeah. beaten being stoned and at the end of his life shipwrecked um being bitten by a viper poisonous viper but he didn't die you know <laughs> So, but Paul, Paul actually embraced suffering with joy, and he said that he was, he, he rejoiced that he was counted worthy to suffer for Christ. Now, I, I can't say that that's my testimony. I, I don't, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, obviously, Paul was unique in being able to say that because he, he was the one who, he was the man who spearheaded opposing the Christians, early Christians. Oh, yeah. And so now... <laughs> You know, he now he's actually experiencing what he himself was perpetrating upon others, mm -hmm. and so, but he had been so uh, radically converted by the grace of God. Yeah, he's like, I, I'm just glad that I'm able to suffer for Christ. 
mm-hmm. you know, because I caused suffering to uh, to so many others. So, yeah. But I love that scripture in Exodus chapter one, though, that talks about the more Pharaoh and the Egyptians oppressed the Hebrews, mm-hmm. the more they multiplied. I'm like, <laughs> that's astounding. Yeah. So it's like in like, the early church, the more they were persecuted, the more it multiplied. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. it's like. God's like, don't touch my anointed, my holy ones, because <laughs> yeah. they're just going to increase. <laughs> you know, so. It's like, do you really want that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, the cool part is it would increase anyway, regardless of whether it's persecution or not. Yeah, just persecution yeah. just seems to exponentially, you yeah, know. Yeah. It's gonna, only God can <clears throat> do that. Yeah. yeah. And I think, the, you know, just with what you brought up Exodus and after coming out of Exodus last mm. year, um, that was the reason that they oppressed the and, and enslaved yeah, the the Israelites they because they were so big they thought they were going to overthrow them yeah. and it's like yeah. you know what if you're a you know you're in your homeland mm-hmm. and there's a group that just showed up and they're yeah. now they're super super big it's like yeah. honestly from, from the human standpoint it's like no wonder they did what they did oh yeah like it honestly makes sense they were afraid yeah of them. Yep. <clears throat> it makes yeah. a whole lot of sense um yeah, so that was that was uh, very insightful just to study that. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, my last point really was just focusing on how God God multiplied the church through Paul and Barnabas mm-hmm. uh, planting churches, setting pastors and elders in place. So really creating the organized church, which I know a lot of people, you know, have come to kind of like reject mm-hmm. or look down upon but the fact is we we need spiritual pastors and mm-hmm. elders yep. and deacons which represent spiritual authority in our lives in the yep. local church god yep. has god has called um pastors and elders you know mm-hmm. to be the spiritual shepherds over his church and mm-hmm. and we can only truly grow and and expand in our own faith mm-hmm. and multiply yeah. really yeah. exponentially as a people when we commit to the local church yeah. um, in that context. So Yeah, which is a really great point to end on because mm-hmm. the next thing I was going to say is that this isn't that just this podcast and, you know, the, mm-hmm. the sermon on that will be just before this, this podcast, uh, or being on YouTube or the Facebook feed, whatever it might be, isn't a replacement for being involved in a local church body right. physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this isn't a replacement for the sermon or anything. Like, please just go one podcast episode, like, before this one, and you'll get to hear what Earl's talking about. Because yeah. mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is... Yet, come and hear it in person. <laughs> yes. Come experience yes. Exactly. Exactly. The, the life of Christ in his church exactly um so yeah just want to remind you just please get involved in a local church um if it's not city church um we just hope that you find a Mm -hmm. a good gospel centered church um that is going to um preach the gospel every sunday um because we all need to be reminded of it weekly um as and if it is city church we would love to meet you um if you are just kind of passing through Williamsport and you are like, well, I need to find a, I want to find a church for the, just the time that I'm here. Come see us. Let us know how you found us. Um, so that we just, we just know, um, love to meet you. 
And if you want to make City Church your home church, we want to just get you plugged in as well. Um, we just had a Next Steps class or meeting, whatever. I don't know what it's called, what we're calling it, a class meeting, something. Um, <laughs> getting to know more about City Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Where mm-hmm. you can you can learn learn what it means to or how to become a member or just get involved mm-hmm. um, serving because you don't necessarily have to be a member to serve here. Um, which is really, really cool. Um, so Earl, thank you for wrapping up mm-hmm. the, the series on prayer through the book of Acts. Um, again, I am, I felt extremely bad for you. They had to cover that much ground, but you did a really good job with it. <laughs> um, so we will see you all next week. Have a blessed week.